Well, hello, everyone. My name is David Apple, the head of the SaaS vertical here at Sage Intact and the host of this, the Modern SaaS Finance Podcast. We created this for you, CFOs, controllers, heads of FP&A, RevOps, just folks in the finance community and fast-growth SaaS companies. On each of these podcasts, we discuss subscription and usage billing models, RevRec, metrics, forecasting, just what it is you need to do to drive the cash flow and the trajectory and the building of a great team on your company and your path to the IPO. Joining me, uh, it was in this one, it's a great guy. Dan Fletcher is the Chief Financial Officer of Planful. Planful is an amazing company in the FP&A space. And uh, Dan's got a long history in building this up. They're really strong partners of ours. And I want to introduce you to Dan. And Dan, would you just start off and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and who's Planful? Yeah, absolutely, David. So first, I'll just say I'm a, a big fan of the of the podcast, and so it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me, and looking forward to chatting today. I was chuckling with you a little bit before this that the last time we spoke, I think you were giving me parenting advice over a couple adult beverages and dinner, and so uh, it's uh, it, it's a pleasure to be discussing something a little bit more hard uh, and business oriented with you. Oh God! If anybody wants uh, parenting advice, I am not the guy for you. But to- I disagree with that. I've gotten a lot out of our conversations. But um, to answer your question, so as, as you said, David, I'm the CFO of Planful. We're uh, very similar to Sage, a high-growth global software company, and we provide, uh, like you mentioned, end-to-end tools for the FP&A and accounting teams in in financial performance management. Um, but more recently, uh, we have become a what is called XP&A vendor. So we solve for planning throughout the organization, not just in the office of CFO, but also in marketing and HR, or as they say, people, teams now, and in sales and in IT. And so we're an end-to-end planning uh, software company for the entire enterprise. What are FP&A leaders focused on right now? Oh boy, I think FP&A leaders are focused on uh, their mental health after the last three years, uh, two and a half <laughs> years of uh, you know coming up with an annual budget and and then a couple months later realizing it's completely obsolete due to uh, kind of a black swan event in 2020. And then 2021 was for many businesses even a faster, uh, short-lived, but faster recovery than most expected. And now we're in in this era of volatility. And so, uh, look, I joke and say they're focused on their mental health, David, but I, I believe what FP&A professionals are focused on now is adapting to the new normal of knowing what we don't know. And I think the ways to do that are enabling your, your teams with the right tools to allow for ag- agility and quickly adjusting your plans and, and forecasts and analysis. And then fundamentally, it comes down to being prepared via scenario planning. You know, you don't know how the year is going to land. And so you should be ready for several different possible outcomes and also ready to handle uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, I know folks, as you're listening, I hope you could laugh with us because you're the ones going through all this change. All of us are and trying to manage through all that. But flexibility and adaptability are such key hallmarks. So what are the advances in technology to help with more adaptability and flexibility? The good news, David, is they've been with us now for about the last decade. You know, Planful is is one of the leaders in this space, but um, you know, what, what Planful does from a technological point of view is provide a single source of truth 
uh, cloud-based platform that allows you to plan throughout the organization. You can plan in a structured format, such as looking at our workforce planning module for headcount and CapEx and OpEx. That's more structured kind of grid-based planning with click-through capability down to the vendor level and the team level, et cetera. And then you also have unstructured or what I might call more modeling planning if you want to build a sales capacity model or a pipeline production and conversion model. You can do whatever your team likes. And then those things are all integrated single source of truth as you develop your, your budgets and forecasts. Hmm. You know, putting both of those in and then having the tools that allow you to do it is so critical. Like you said, having it access to the source data, the system of record in order to uh, put that through is so critical. But what are some of the other tips of what to do and building the forecast. Oh boy. I mean, to me, it's, it's all right now in, in 2022 and going forward about access to data. And, and we have tons of access to data. Probably now I was just speaking to one of our customers, company called Figs, which is sort of, they, they would describe themselves as the Lululemon of medical scrubs, right? A very high, high flying company. And you know, their <laughs> VP finance, a gentleman named Grant, um, you know, he told me, we think we have access to too much data. And, and it's as much now about the discipline of identifying what data is relevant uh, to our forecasting as leading indicators. Um, so what I'm working up to here is you need to, I think, in, in, in planning now and forecasting, identify the drivers of your business, automate access to those drivers, and then automate how those drivers inform and influence your forecasting and your planning. You know, it's so critical for you know those of you listening right you're the leaders for finance in your company how you work together with your peers in sales and customer success and product and people to be really smart about what success looks like what are the real metrics that capture where the value is coming from in the company and then how you are coalescing all those to tell the story with some shared consciousness and you just laid it out so well dan and Know what those drivers are, where the data inputs are, and then how you're going to make decisions based upon that. And if, so if that's what people should be thinking about and doing, what should they not do? What are tips of what not to do? Plan, plan in, in an ivory tower. Um, you just said it best, David. It's, it's, it's really going to be difficult in, in the modern, uh, you know, 2022 plus is the term I use. Uh, uh, sort of business environment to plan in, in a super centralized and isolated fashion, which I think you could get away with in, in the 2010s. You know, finance could come up with how much they want to grow and what type of profitability they want to have and sort of present cost envelopes to the functional leaders and say, hey, this is what you have to work with. Uh, this is what the board approved and, and we're off to the races. And it's just not practical to do that now. And I think, you know, one of the reasons we thrive in our partnership together, David, that's sage and intact and sage and, and planful is it's that exchange of data, the bi-directional data exchange well, from customer success. And like you said, sales and pipeline data. And um, it's critical to let that inform a, dem a democratic uh, planning process in. So not to do, don't plan in an isolated fashion. Don't assume you know what your functional leaders need to do from a cost and a and, a, and an output perspective this year, but really work with them to understand their business and let them inform within reason, inform the financial plans. Yeah, it's, we've seen this transition in the CFOs of moving from data 
uh, historian into business model architect. And back knowing what questions to ask, then raising hypotheses and but being aligned as a leadership team on doing that and then working together so there's not finger pointing, but rather great information in order to guide through uncertain times and competitive environments is really a great tip on like that's what the good looks like and the not to do is ivory tower and say thou shalt so you know let, let's go look forward a little bit as as you've seen this and you're talking to great customers like grant and others what's changed with the economic changes and what people are trying to do with their forecasting well, it's interesting. I think you guys have as much data as we do at at Planful in your in your tenants about uh, what what the plans are shaping up to be like this year. But there's a, a increased emphasis in uh, discipline around working capital and mm-hmm. cash flow, and certainly a focus on profitability. It's being demanded from the boardroom to investment groups that businesses are able to extend their runway and focus on uh, profitable, viable business models. And that's creating all kinds of analysis on how you get there. You can't just snap your fingers, as you know, David, and suddenly become more profitable. <laughs> you, know, you need to evaluate the various avenues to get there, whether it's outsourcing some work or offshoring or choosing what product lines not to pursue uh, or you know, running your own data centers versus going with a, a big public cloud vendor. And that is all sort of bespoke ROI, build versus buy, FP&A core analysis. Mm. You know, I'm constantly having talks with CFOs and chair people of the audit committee on what to focus on. And profitability is so key. But you said it's it's smart profitability because you could easily just start cutting. But you need to be smart about where back to the value metrics are, where enterprise values coming from in the company. And I want to go back to I've heard this great quote that I've been repeating quite a bit. Be gentle on humans, but be hard on systems which for you, our listener, right, is there's so much uncertainty and you do the best you can on the hypotheses, in this case, budget versus actuals and cash flow forecasting that you can. But if it's wrong, don't be hard on each other and pointing fingers. Rather, just keep pushing the systems to get the data for you to, to then extrapolate out and then but and be as adaptable as possible in order to do all that. And I think, Dan, the kind of those points you just made there kind of really come together on that and i want to say thank you for you guys being such a great partner and then the individual partnership the individual relationship that you and i have developed over time but i think it'd be helpful for everybody if you just share a little bit of why does planful partner with sage intact absolutely and so uh, on a fundamental sort of you think about the architecture uh, on a fundamental basis what planful does is bolts on to the system of record as in the general ledger or you might call it the ERP. And, and that's what Sage, Sage Intact are. And there are many other ERPs out there, but we find that we have a huge- We're the spike. best. We're the Absolutely. Best. I'll go on record and, and I'll say <laughs> Sage Intact, the leading ERP that we integrate with. Perfect. Um, I, I was joking for the listeners, you're joking with David that, you know, all jokes aside, I was on a, a call with a prospect earlier today that David's team had sent our way. And so, you know, deep gratitude, David, and, and we tried to do it as well, send it back your way. Uh, but we partner with Sage because you guys thrive uh, with our core customers. And the office of the CFO elects to choose to implement Sage, Sage Intact all the time. And so whether we would want to or not, we find you in the wild and we partner up. Uh, yeah. And it just happens that we want to. 
Thank you. You know, it's, I've always said great partnerships solve one or, or two problems. They solve a distribution problem or they solve a, a product gap problem. And the way that uh, people can extrapolate from the dimensions out of the accounts, the GL and the journal entries and the statistical accounts and push into planful to do really robust FPNA and as you've laid out XPNA and have the financial data complement other data sources to really try to anticipate as best you can, hypothesize about the business, clients get a lot of value out of it. And uh, the, I love telling those stories. So, uh, Dan, thank you. Thank you for doing this. And for you, our listener, thank you to all of you for joining us today. As you, if you've been on these before, I say don't make today a singular event. Join our Slack community, the Modern SaaS Finance community. It's at bit.ly slash modern SaaS finance, bit.ly slash modern SaaS finance, all one word. And that's where your peers are talking about fundraising, investor metrics, building a great team and forecasting like what we've done here. And if you're if you enjoyed today to subscribe to our podcast, to listen to future episodes, we're available on all the major streaming platforms. Dan, any final thoughts? No, David, thank you for inviting me. Great conversation. Uh, you know, my sympathy and solidarity to all the planners out there in the annual planning cycle right now, <laughs> you know, you'll get it done. And then I want to just go back on record and say, if you need parenting advice, David Apple is great <laughs> at that. Um, and he's happy to meet you out for a margarita and commiserate. Um, but but he really is great. So thank you again, David, and good luck to to all you, all of your listeners out there in, in planning and beyond. Yeah, I think that's well echoed. We wish you all the best of luck. Please, everybody, have a great day. 